Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to the Filthy Shambles podcast, season two, episode 42. We're back at it again after another calamity of a weekend involving Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. But we're anchored to this this journey until the day we die. Um, we can't get away from it, can we, Jack? We can't, Spooky, mate. Not at all. It's... No, no, we're fucked. After that, after that game, I... Uh, I... I I I I went out and I had a few, okay, because I'm hard. Mm. And mm. I get that. I get that. I felt the overwhelming urge. <laughs> I felt the overwhelming urge just to tweet. I fucking love Tottenham Hotspur, and I did because I was just, you know, because it was one of those where everyone was kicking off. It was all getting very horrible and everything. Mm. And I just thought, I'm just, just, you know, I can't kind of bang this drum of I don't like these self-flagellating Spurs fans, and then let this sort of stuff continue to fester because I don't... It's it's tough, right, mate, isn't it? In situations like this, it's finding that balance of, are we actually bad? You know, is this hyperbole? Are we, are we terrible? Are we appalling? And all these things that we say in the heat at the moment, or are we a team that is still within a shout of finishing the top four? And this is this is something that I always say of the board of Daniel Levy that we may not like the way they operate. We may not like the noises that come out of the club or the, the optics that are often at play. Mm-hmm. However, the rational take is generally always when you're comparing us to the other teams in the league, we, we, we generally always have the sixth highest wage bill and we generally always exceed where we should finish. Yeah. As uh, if you're trying yeah, yeah, to do yeah. that, Tottenham are generally always a success. It, it, there's something you touched upon. Um, oh, it's interesting because I, I don't need the booze to to kind of to kind of post those kind of I love Tottenham posts uh, uh, tweets. And it's not that I'm saying anyone else doesn't love Tottenham because they're having no. a go at what's happening. I mean, everyone. I'm upset. I'm angry. You know, I'm obviously someone who is very pro Tottenham Hotspur. Okay, whatever that is, however I choose to define it, I'm guessing I define it by the heritage of the football club uh, and we're the the custodians of that, right? You know, owners have the bricks and mortar and all the other financial and and revenue stuff and they own the football club, unfortunately. They they own us. Um, You know, we can't get away from, from, from that, but... As a Tottenham Hotspur supporter, yeah, I mean, all of us love Spurs. We all want Spurs to do well, and it kind of fractured. It's kind of fragmented after that point because you're right. Are we where we should be based on what we're doing? But is that really not the problem at hand? The problem is that we should be doing a lot more capacity-wise to to be able to be a lot more comfortable in how we go about challenging and contending. And obviously, there's the argument as well that the club mismanage the football side, you know, they get everything else right. But when it comes to the football, it's not cutthroat. It's not ruthless. So, you know, the, 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 these discussion points are not new. You know, it's, it's what's happening right now. And, and I think it's the rinse and repeat thing. I think things aren't that bad. I think when you when you think about what's uh, what we're up against or what we have been up against and we're a club that comes from not having really a background of... Uh, success to, to kind of build on platform wise, you know, the culture. We're trying to create a winning culture without having a winning culture. So it's difficult and that's why I that's why I fucking love Tottenham because I, I want the siege mentality and I think I think it on especially on social media it's become a bit of a sport to just fucking hate on Spurs. People are really proud about oh, I gave up my season to and that's fair enough. You can people can do what they want, what's right for them. I completely get it. But it's like a badge of honour for a lot of, for a lot of supporters. And I struggle, man. I, I don't know how you deal with it, but 
Um, I kind of decided, I had a bit of an epiphany yesterday and thought, I'm not going to argue with people anymore. Not not with Enoch out people. He's, you know, if they're, if they're fu- telling me to fuck off without any context, um, they probably think I'm a cunt, to be fair. But uh, without any context, I'm going to try and talk to them. Mm. I'm going to say, right, okay, mate, what, what are you doing about him? What do you think you should do about him? How do you think I can change things if I suddenly literally post Enoch out all the time instead or, of actually sign a petition? You know, yeah, it's, it's lots of actions without any kind of delivery of real, real consequence. But we we get onto that later because there's a few things going on which I think are quite mm. interesting. I wanted to ask you, mate, just as a bit of banter, uh, because I don't think you can properly answer this question. But can you actually think of ten positive things about Spurs right now? So right, in, so not the kind of like well, our glorious history and all that type. Of no, thing. no, like just things to to the 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 anchor you again to this to the reality of football. Like there's always something around the corner, right? Everything there's always cycles. Even with Spurs, we always find ourselves back back amongst it. That would be one. Of, that would be my positive, basically. That's where I would start off. So things to be positive about right now. There is still every chance that we finish in the top four. I keep referencing you. Steady on, steady on. Yeah, well, it's still there. It's not. It's not mm. impossible. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think it's likely, but yeah. it's not impossible. I keep referencing you on this point, in so much as I had a bit of a wobble about: Do I even want us to finish in the top four? Does that feel like something we haven't earned? Blah 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 blah. Kind of going over that in my head. Yeah. And really, it it was on. It was on this pod, I think, or maybe it was on you on Fighting Cock, I can't remember. But you basically made the point that, like, don't overthink this shit. We need to be in the top four. If you if you want to be this type of club, it should just be par for the course to finish. Yeah, no so, matter how. Yeah, all this shit about, like, oh, it, it means it, it validates Levy or that it's a false position or shut up, you know? <laughs> just... Finishing the top four, it's good to be in the championship. It's mad that, that Spurs fans have created a set of rules that don't seem to be governed. Uh, oh, mate, don't I, seem I'm, to govern the rest of football. Of it, I'm fully guilty of it as well. I think it's we all are probably thinking. Yeah, habit. Um, I, I liken it to you know, I liken it to if you basically if you grew up not from a, a particularly rich family, I feel mm. that like one of the sort of things that you'll carry on from that point. It's a, a sense of guilt about money, especially when you're spending. I feel that quite a bit. Do you know what I mean? When I buy like, mm-hmm. a pair of expensive trainers or something like that, I think, did I really need to do that? Actually, I know I wanted them, but did, did I actually? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it will bother me. And I think with Spurs, there's a bit of, well, we're not supposed to be up here, really. And there's this kind of bitterness that grows as a result of that. It's a, it's a sort of, it's a straw man to a degree. But it's also not because, as we're seeing right now, the excuses that are made by the media for Arsenal, this protection, this this shield they're putting around them. It was Gary Neville last night on Sky Sports. It's been Henry Winter and a few other... I saw the Winter thing this morning, actually, and I did scoff at that. Today on Twitter. Oh, no, it's not. But, oh, how disrespectful. How disrespectful to this young project with these young players. Henry Winter, just a couple of years ago, having a good old laugh about Tottenham bottling it under Pochettino. So th- there is a certain double standard there that it makes you sound tinfoil, right? But to yeah. me, it's it's still... It exists. I think there is, a, there is a notion of establishment clubs there. Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal in particular, who will always be protected. Chelsea are... A, kind of in that but not fully City still haven't been really accepted into that right and oddly enough Newcastle <laughs> have always kind of been in that as well yeah. even though they've been a pitiful failure for the majority yeah. of their history they are yeah. Newcastle are the club that everybody says Tottenham are that's the thing that irritates me the thing that irritates me is that we allow this kind of narrative to perpetuate this you've never won anything you are a, a constant failure with a what? With the fifth most successful team in English football history, hmm. fifth or sixth? It might be sixth now. So City come along. Yeah, I mean it's been it's, it's been distorted by the Chelsea money and the City money. You know, just in terms of trophies and the way that football's we were gone fourth until they came along. Right? Well, I think. This, is, this is it. And, and look, it's just 
whether you like it or not, it's progress. It's the way this beast has evolved, and uh, you know, it, it's you know, people were, were very critical of Daniel Levy in the Super League. I mean, I, I don't fancy the Super League concept at all, but you can understand why a Spurs want to get involved, and b why why they want them involved, even though we don't win things. They they understand the the, the brand power of, of the football club. The Spurs are somehow this big uh, football club without really ticking the boxes of other hugely successful football clubs. Um, and you you can't stand still. And obviously, I mean, there's a, a lot of ambiguity there because, like, on the one hand, Levy wants to get into the Super League or did, and yet doesn't do certain things based on the fan base and what our expectations are you know not not decisive enough and 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 the rest of it when it comes to to certain things but mostly to do with the identity of the football club and appointing managers that don't really fit in but again these are long-running story arcs we've probably got a bit distracted i, I think this is probably your way of not being able to give me any more positives about okay I, 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 let me, let me, <laughs> harry kane there yeah, you go okay Hummin son looking back at it let's have that um, I think even though he's he's not fully there yet, Oliver Skip is looking like a fine player for the future, in my opinion. Um, <sighs> I know, mate. I'll make it easy for you then. Actually, let's not do a, t- a, a ten point negative list because uh, I think you, you, we could probably do a thousand at the minute. I what did you? No, I don't want to dwell too much on Bournemouth. Um, mainly because everyone's pr- probably processed it and it's a brand new week and, and we, we can look forward to the next slice of uh, miserable football that I'm sure Spurs will dish out. But the fuck happened uh, over the weekend? Um, pretty much in control, would you agree? Like, And, and then it kind of just fell apart. Um, I, get, I guess we have to talk about the decisions made with uh, Sanchez, the substitution. I don't know, man. I I, I, I feel like at the minute it, it's not even worth going too deep into it because what do you expect from Stellini and Mason? I mean, steady the ship. I mean, is the ship not sinking? It's difficult, isn't it, mate? I think one of the uh, a tweet on the weekend, and I'm, I forget, it's lost to the timeline now, the... the person's name but it was perfect in so much as he said that Stellini keeps making soup and all that we have are forks you know it's right yeah I like that it it just feels bizarre that we're persisting with this system it feels just totally bizarre that Antonio Conte seemingly this world-class manager whatever has just completely funneled everything, all types of coaching, all types of identity into this one system that means that even when we do need to make a substitution, we're bringing on Davinson Sanchez. It's just, it's so perplexing and it's so frustrating. Um, And I've seen a few people say that they feel like this was Levy and such. The, The decision to keep Stellini on and Conte's backroom staff other than his brother was them throwing the top four. I think completely the opposite. I think this was leaving the board thinking, right. well, we got top four with with Conte ball last year. Obviously, Conte's in an untenable position now. He's a big man baby. He keeps having these episodes in press yeah. conferences. Yeah. Get him out. But if we keep the structure there, if we look at last year, there's every chance that we can just finish in the top four playing football this way. Which I don't think is is a sign that they don't care about the football and they don't care about getting in the top four it to me it's just another sign of people making decisions at the club who just seem completely detached from the reality of football that seem completely detached from the sense that players whether you like it or not have the power (laughs) they just do and people don't want to accept this and people want to say, oh, well, you know, they keep hiding, they're all cowards, they're all shit. But they weren't at the tail end of last year. When they were when they were feeling energised, when they were feeling valued, when they were feeling that there was something that they were bought into, yeah, we had an incredible run to the end of the year and we finished top four ahead of Arsenal. And they weren't spoken about 
bottling it. And I'm not saying there aren't players that need replacing within the squad. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm not saying there aren't issues there. But just this idea, because Stellini, and he really dipped in my estimation, I'm not going to lie. I actually was quite like Stellini. But the fact that this happened, and again, his first port of call was just to chuck the players under the bus after the game. I just thought, he's just a fucking It's same, like Conte's still there. It's yeah, like he's, 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 he's not, he's not, boring, not even left. Man. And this isn't, this isn't the sort of thing I want to support. I don't want to, I don't, whether it's from the fans, whether it's from the management, this kind of fractured, self-flagellating, finger-pointing bullshit, you know? Hmm. We, we need something that we're all just bought into. Because there, there's no siege mentality anymore because no. nobody at the club feels together. Exactly. There's, and it's, it's just, it, it's... It's a real, it's a real mess, mate. I think, I think it's a real mess, and I'm, I'm finding it very hard to find hope, even regardless of who we bring in as a manager. I'm, fi- I'm kind of at that point now where, I, where. Okay, that's it. That's an interesting yeah. thing to to uh, to go back to, um, in terms of how we fix this, and and and, and again, if, it, if this might tie into the whole thing around, are things as bad as they seem? You know, is it is it a consequence of? being a little bit in purgatory like Spurs have got this capacity to do a lot more than they do but it's a high level purgatory than when we were actually mm. genuinely just in between good and shit you know we we can be very good and we know we can be very good we could, we, we 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 have players we we sign new players and we we get onto that whole player is it the players thing as well? Because I just got an opinion on 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 that, which isn't groundbreaking. I think it's quite quite obvious, but um, I don't know. It seems like people don't actually sort of, sort of focus on the obvious anymore. They people want sound bites and and, and, and massive banners of, of disdain when it comes to talking about uh, about uh, performances and the rest. People need to blame something all of the time. It's it's some it has to be someone's fault. Mm. That's the only way that people can. Um, I, I guess it's the same with anything. To be fair, it doesn't have to be just about football. Um, fuck, I lost my train of thought, mate. I might as well just stick with this. Actually, it was it was it was the Sanchez thing. Like, what was your what was your reaction to all that? I mean. Sanchez should not be at the club, right? So it's not his fault. And at the same time, it says a lot if we have to bring him on as an option and we don't have anyone else. I know we've had a lot of injuries, but we haven't we haven't bought the right players or we, we haven't evolved certain parts of the team over the last four or five years, perhaps, to allow us to have someone that can come on and kind of fits in. And it's a difficult position to be in because you've got players who will play ahead of him which then means that the squad isn't as competitive as it should be. Um, but but do you think he was... He's a fringe player. He's got no confidence. He hardly plays football. Him coming on just illustrates a lot of things that are wrong with the football club. But using him as a scapegoat, I mean, again, people are going to side onto two things here. They're either going to say is we shouldn't, and the other side of it is... I got a fucking right to mate. Who else am I going to blame? I got, I got to let them know, and I get, I do get that. However, like let the club know. I mean, everyone, everyone hates Enoch and Levy, so just let them fucking know because they're the ones that everybody aims all their frustration towards. Picking out players and just saying it's the players, I think it's just an easy way out of a lot of a slightly more not complex but slightly more deeper issue at hand with the culture. That's at the club at the minute. I mean, what what did you think about the the, the you know the, the whole substitution thing? I mean, it was it was fucking awful. Is is all I took from it really? Look, I mean, my my in the moment, it's I feel for the lad. Like I always in these situations, I always feel for people on a on a sort of human level. You know, it's you're weak. You're the problem. It's yeah. fans like you. I know, but I am also not. Look, if he's it, personal abuse and the like, all very yeah, big of me, I know. Yeah. But that's that's not the one. But booing. I was, I was making this point in my sort of post-match pod. It's all quite pantomime, and it's a way of the fans really letting people know. I, I get it. Davinson mm. Sanchez is the one that's going to suffer as mm. a result of this personally. But 
it's the only real way the fans can let the people in charge of the club know we this can't keep happening. Yeah. We've known. Let, let's be honest, speaking mate. We've known for at least two years, Davinson Sanchez should have been moved on. Yeah, agreed. He's and there's these sort of fairly amusing, but obviously crude compilations that have been doing the rounds of him and his various fuck ups. It is comical, you know. It it is kind of comical the the sort of stuff he's done on the football pitch for Tottenham, really. And it was, you know, that performance when he came on. It was a catastrophe. That's the thing. It was he was awful. He was he was I would actually say abject. Yeah. And I I know people don't like this argument. They don't. And I get it, but I don't think it's as invalid as people want to make it. People pay a lot of money to go and watch Tottenham. And if they want to make it clear that they're not happy with something that's going on on the pitch and is let's say a consequence of a wider kind of issue going on at the club and has been going on for a while, i.e. let's try and get a tune out of this player. We've seen it fail before, but let's try again. You know? And I I do think I do think, to be fair, that culture has started to change. He wanted to back Conte, he got rid of Ndombele and Lacelso. Who knows what's gonna happen with those two this summer? Um mm. but my my point is we did start to see that culture change. Davinson Sanchez, we, I guess, didn't get rid of because we didn't have enough backup in, in the yeah. centre-back position. And we know that Antonio Conte has a reliance upon this position. But I think it's 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 sad that it's at that point when it's Davinson Sanchez who's having to, to face that, really, because Davinson Sanchez should be at, Severe now, you know, probably on his way to winning the Europa League. Everybody can post the memes and the banter. Haha, Davinson Sanchez left Tottenham and won something. That should probably be his trajectory, you know, but <laughs> still, he's. I do. I do. Made to cling on here at Tottenham. Yeah. It's, it just is toxic and it's ugly and it's just, like I say, it's emblematic of what has been going on at Tottenham now since. Let's be honest. The mid-range of Pochettino zero, when even he was saying we need new furniture. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it, the, the whole it's the players thing. Like, it, I mean, technically, yeah, it's correct, but it, it's it's how these players been collated. You know, how these players, uh, how these players, how have they been coached over time? You know, like saying it's the players, and then just focusing on Sanchez, and and, and I guess. Dyer and Davies are probably bigger targets because they've been around for a long time and they're still playing first team football, and they can have good days and they can have you know bad days when people just want to move on. Generally, move on from all of it. Um, so I, I, I appreciate when people say it's the players. Don't tell me it's not the players. It's the players. Alex from Bristol was was he posted in three different groups. He was so he like he really want to get he really wanted to get his point across. Like, don't fucking tell me it's the play tonight, mate. We get it. It's the players on the day. Some of them shouldn't be at the football club, but it's the club's responsibility. And yet, at the end of the day, whether it's Levy trying to sell players on for a profit, or or because we haven't bought Bastoni or or whomever, and then we have to struggle on with the players that we've got. That that is what festers, and that's what creates. This culture of devolution, maybe you know, it's just that in you know, it's not like a culture of comfort. Play our squad aren't going in and and just enjoying the football and then going home and then counting their money. That that ha- that was happening during the Carrick days, right? Because he's the one that I think was was infamously made that 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 quote about a culture of comfort when he fucks off to Man United. I think with Spurs. We sign new players. We do spend money. Maybe we don't spend the money on the right players and maybe we miss out on the key players. It's not really the players then, is it? It's the board. It's, it's, the, it's the lack of leadership. Or is it the players? Is, is there responsibility and accountability on the likes of Kane and Son and Hugo? Now, what I'm about to say probably doesn't really align to the conversation because Hugo is no longer world-class. I think we can agree on that, right? He's on his way out. 
we need a replacement. I Son has had that good anymore, mate. That's yeah, exactly. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he, he he makes me incredibly nervous every single time now when the ball goes back to him. Um, Son has had a, a fairly awful season. You know what those reasons are. Definitely amplified by Conte's uh, kind of tactical positioning for the player. Harry Kane is Harry Kane. You know, you you know, you can't. You you must find it impossible to want to criticise him for for anything, even when he does have a bad game. And he did have a bad game against Bournemouth. Yes, exactly. And people did criticise him, and that's fine. That's fair. Is the real reset the one that follows the departure of all three players? Are Spurs um, somehow? So tethered to Kane and to the Pochettino energy and this 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 kind of understanding that we should be doing better because we overachieved with Pochettino to the point where we actually might possibly have underachieved as a football club by not backing him when we should have backed him, etc. 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 So are we now is this like the remnants of an empire that wasn't really born? And that we need a clean, or we just need a, like a, a, a new canvas, but one where the pain is completely Tottenham Hotspur, rather than bringing in a manager like Mourinho or, or Conte and trying to reflect their personality onto the football. We need a manager that amplifies what we are about. So is, is it is it too much too much and too early to say that losing Kane, Son, and Hugo? Would would be that stepping stone? Am I talking a load of bollocks here? Is is Caden pivotal to us retaining a challenge in the next season or two if he, if he does stay on? I mean, look, I think kind of what we were talking about at the start of us overthinking things. I think with Harry Kane, there's definitely a, a sense of that going on. Um, he's just, I think he's above most logical thought processes or comparisons or whatever. He's an absolute force of nature. He's the best footballer that the club's had in the modern era, at least. He scores goal after goal after goal. He's completely the type of player that you just facilitate or accommodate. Spurs will not be probably ever able to sign a player on his level. We have to hope to inherit a player like him as we did with him. Yeah. Um, so I think with Kane, no. With Son and I think Hugo in particular, there could be more thought in that. Um, I did actually want to put a blistering hot take your way, mate, in that. Oh, should I? I mean, I'm sitting sitting down. Do you want me to stand up and sit down again? Just well, to, I, I think, dramatic to be honest, I don't think you'll have any 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 choice in the matter of sitting down. You're gonna be you're gonna be so swept off your feet by by this. But <laughs> I. Uh, I just feel like Hugo is actually to blame for quite a lot of this as well. Oh, um, go on. I just think he's 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 the captain, mate. He's the club captain. I just just think he's very spent. I just think he's 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 been there, lost that at Spurs too many times. And we can continue to say, oh, it's all these players, it's this core, it's this, it's that. But there's been one constant throughout all of this as well, which is, yep, yeah, okay, the ownership, and I think I've been particularly critical of them. Thus far, and I yeah. think another part to this is Hugo Lloris staying on as a captain because I think he has been an exceptional player. I really do. I don't. I don't discount that at all. Um, I think, He's one of all time great goalkeepers, right? Yeah, of course, of course. But really, he's been spent since 2019 and look he had that horrific arm injury and then came back and probably played the best football he's ever played in a Tottenham shirt last season yeah. in particular yeah but this year he's just unrecognized I, I have no idea what's I don't know if it is just that time has finally caught up with him he's tapped he's, out I think he, mentally he's probably right? tapped out he's won the World Cup he's just he just looks awful mate I just I, I feel more comfortable with Fraser Forster in goal than Hugo yeah. is now and I, I actually scoffed when Bardi was talking about that on the extra inch. I was kind of thinking, "Fucking is is he just saying this to like? Do you know what I mean? To like to to have a to have a thing to say? Like when he said that Sanchez was going to have a better Tottenham legacy than Ledley King, for example." <laughs> <laughs> um, 
He but, hates that when that comes up. But now I'm just completely like, yeah, he was he was completely right. Fraser Forster is not as good. He's never been as good a keeper as Hugo Lloris. I'm not, yeah. I'm not for a second saying that. But the fact you've got a player who, a goalkeeper who can actually comfortably play out from the back, that actually seems to have some command of his box, that actually seems to not flap at stuff in the air, is like the way the way Forster just leaps up and claims across. I'm like, oh yeah. my god! So many other teams have this. Like, but every time a ball gets played into it's the a box, fundamental, it's right? right? But I'm, I just lose my ass every time that happens to us. <laughs> and it, it, suddenly you arrive at this point where you're like, that's because we've got a Hugo Lloris in goal, and he is this. Still, he did it against Bournemouth. He is this cat-like exceptional shot stopper. But that's that's about all he's got now, man. Like, it's it's really bad, and I really hope he goes at the end of the season. Like, I really hope this is. This is it. We can say goodbye. We can have the compilation and we will get it in the fields. We'll see all the big moments, the penalty saves in the Champions League against Manchester City, penalty saves in the North London derby against Aubameyang at the last minute so they can Hmm. win. There's been plenty of brilliant moments. Was it against Leverkusen when he pulled off that unbelievable save, I think, in the... Champ- was it Dynamo Moscow? When he when he doesn't need to think like like a lot of footballers, like there's an instinctiveness to to his play uh, that at times has been a genuinely world class. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he 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 has won us points in games probably as often as he's lost us. Uh, there's that thing in it about the whole. There's there's probably more rubbish episodes of The Simpsons than good episodes because it's been yeah. going on for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen that kind of posted about a fair few times and it kind of feels like that now. We're, gonna, we're not going to forget all the, 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 the positives about the player, but it is bittersweet in the, again, the club have not done the right thing in bringing in an understudy and trying to work out. We're always signing these goalkeepers that seem to be not good enough, but but good enough for the bench, but not really good enough for the first team. So let's hope they don't get into the first team. Oh, but we're playing in the cup games because we don't care, or Europa, or conference, or whatever. And it's that kind of it's that it's that kind of um, kind of erraticness with what we're trying to do that I guess frustrates and, and causes the problem that we've got now. You know, Forster is the alternative, but he's, he's th- not the ideal one. This is part of it, though, mate. Right, the, the fact that. And this this is where I am critical of the club, the people that run the club. And this is, you know, when I said, because I don't want to be doom and gloom about it, but when I said I, I find it hard to have hope about the future of the club, whoever's in charge, because I feel now we've seen enough times we just always consistently arrive at a point where the people who run the club say, well, that'll do. We're doing quite well, so don't need to push our luck. And a player like Hugo Lloris, for example... An example that I will probably call upon somewhere down the line is Pierre-Emil Hoybier, where there's these players who are, they're good and they're great, but we know they're not quite right. But because they're good and they're great and we've gotten top four a few times, there's no urgency to replace them. Whereas you see really with the properly top clubs, they will just go out and just think, right, he's not doing it anymore. Rinse and repeat. Let's, mm. let's let's get going. And as soon as they stop doing that, for example, Liverpool, they start to fall off a cliff again. You know, it's and I just I just think with us, there is always this sense of like, oh, it, that that's all right. Like things are okay there because all right, it's not it's not perfect, but it's good enough. And I think that mentality just permeates throughout the club. But when we talk about the fish rotting from the head we wonder why we don't get an FA Cup or a League Cup over the line. And it leads us to question, it leads us to speculate. Is that because really the messaging within the club is we just want to get in the top four? Top four is like the big thing. If we don't get a cup, a cup would be nice, but whatever. It just feels like that focus there is not on we want to be the best, you know? It's, and- it's mad how... The, how- 
small of a, a margin, if that's the right terminology for it. Like it, it doesn't take that much more to put us in a position where we could be challenging. Because like if you get in top four, and or and I know it's going to be difficult to do that because it'd be. There's going to be what five or six teams that are going to be competing, and 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 people and teams are going to take advantage of cycles dipping and the rest of it. People, um, people, football clubs have off seasons. We can see it with Liverpool, Liverpool and Chelsea this season. There, there's the, kind of the changing of the guard, and then it kind it kind of goes back to the guard, the the old guard being the ones that populate those positions. But we've got Newcastle who want a gate crash, and we've been trying to gate crash for the decade or so now right and um we 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 we're doing our we're not doing our best in order to sustain uh a challenge like you said there there probably is an acceptance of we're we're top 4 that's successful okay kind of is in 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 it kind of is in terms of being able to play elite football and and, our, and players you know they want to be competitive they want to play on the, on on the biggest domestic or European stage domestically. Um, but it's that extra little step after that point. Signing Bastoni in the first window. Signing who, whoever in, in there. It, it's getting, it's just planning that ahead and having an idea of how to consolidate. And it's it's interesting because we get, we get to Scott, the Scott Munn uh, appointment in a moment and the Paratici stuff. But I, I find it interesting that Levy... Um, He's obviously fucking good at a lot of things, but not good at the football. And I don't know why there's dithering and indecisiveness when it comes to certain decisions around the football and, and the amount of times he's got it wrong and the amount of conversations he's had with people to appoint certain managers and, and to, to restructure departments and the rest of it. But I, I hear a lot from people that have a connection to Spurs in one way or another that there's a very, I don't know how to describe it, but there's a fearful atmosphere within the club, I think, from department to department, um, allegedly. Like, you know, no one seems to talk to each other. No one seems to communicate to each other. I think I think maybe they, 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 they lack, I mean, they definitely lack fan sentiment, right? They lack the ability to, to connect with us in, in the right way. And then that probably means if you if you're talking about basic comms departments, when you get all the way up to the board level, and all the way up to Daniel Levy, they probably don't even fucking know we exist. We just we are literally customer reference numbers at that point, right? Mm. Or the person that buys the ticket on general sale, or the tourist. And there's nothing wrong with people that come over to watch Tottenham, or can't get to to games uh, often. They're still Spurs fans, but obviously. Loyal Tottenham supporters are the ones that are the bloodline of this football club and the ones that should be listened to when when decisions are being made or the club aren't aren't kind of following the the trends of tra- tradition and the rest of it. So it's all kind of a bit messy, right? Identity wise, the club don't really know how to make that step, that little step. It's a little step as well because we have the revenue streams now. So just. Just make that little bit of a step, and it's, it, it surely you accumulate more. If you speculate a little bit more, you accumulate more. It's not like Spurs haven't got that money coming in. They they can forecast the next five, ten, fifteen, twenty years probably. You you can spend a little bit now. Uh, and again, just to say, we have spent nearly two hundred million in the last couple of seasons, right? So it's not like we don't spend money, but it's just getting that philosophy on point again and again that shouldn't be difficult stop banging on about dna daniel like you know what the dna of this football club is you don't need to educate us on what you think it is or what we think we need to hear so scott munn is interesting in the i I don't really know what he's he what is he going to do with this football club because i'm hearing he's more of a commercial person so if he's more commercial and he's going to be involved in the football uh, side of things. Now, what what is he? Is he another buffer for Daniel Levy? I mean, what what? Spurs have made a lot of changes in, in the last year or two with Paratici and, and the restructuring of the scouting system and this, that, and the other. And Paratici is probably never going to come back now. Um, no one will talk to us managerial appointment wise, which is fair. 
And that's not because we're not their number one option. It's because everyone's at a fucking football club and do, and getting on with their work. They talk to us in the summer, probably. Um, how, how do you how do you see all how do you see this playing out? Because you said earlier in the podcast, you might it might not be enough, even if Spurs do make the right appointment, because of everything else that's that's wrong. Look, honestly, mate, I'll be happily proven wrong, but to me, it's a it's a whole lot of nothing, you know. <laughs> like, and I know that sounds like such a stupid bloke down the pub fan type way of looking at it, but I just, I just cast your mind back to what a few months ago when we signed this Greta Steinson, and there were articles being written about him. He's this type of guy. He suffers no bullshit. Blah 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 blah. Nothing has changed at the club. It's just some other stuffed shirt. It's just somebody else in a suit that... I forgot the, the person existed, to be fair. You know, and that's this Scott Munn. It's because we're looking... We're, we're desperate to cling on to something different. We want the idea that it's going to be... There's going to be something new. There's going to be a, a fresh direction or whatever. And maybe Munn can bring this in. But in reality, let's be honest, man. Like... And it's not it's not any knock at the, the fellow's credentials. I've seen a very mixed bag of, you know, thought about him um but really i just look you know some random backroom fella's not going to really change the whole way in which a club like tottenham operates especially not a club like tottenham that still let's be honest is heavily heavily driven by the whims of daniel levy hmm. you know everybody knows he's 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 always going to be so close to the action he always is going to be. He brought in Paratici, who was supposed to be running the football stuff. But when the chips were down, he fucked off Nuno Espirito Santo and stepped in personally to make Antonio Conte happen. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, he's always going to be there. He's always going to be there to, to do this stuff. And it, it, yeah, it probably is some, maybe it's something of a buffer. I think Tottenham are, I think we're one of these clubs that, I sort of I've said it on Rule the Roost before, casual plug, um, that that we are the type of club that we appeal to we appeal to stakeholders more than we do fans, really. That we like mm. to have these mm. these type of glamour appointments. And Scott Munn feels like, well, we signed this we signed this guy who ran look at you know, Manchester City, see how good they are. You see how they've got this global empire of football clubs. Well, we we managed to prize away one of the one of the, one of the jewels in their crown, and uh, here we are, you know, bringing him in. We're bringing some of that city gloss into Tottenham because we're serious, because we're a proper club. But that fella's been operating under conditions where Manchester City have endless money. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a lot easier, isn't it, to uh, to get things done? Right, and that's probably that probably seems dismissive of maybe the good things that he has done. I understand that. He he has done some good stuff, especially with the women's team in Melbourne City. But uh, this isn't what I mean. It's just this. What, what are we hoping for, right? Is Scott Munn gonna? Are we gonna sign Scott Munn and our next year we're gonna be doing what Arsenal are doing this year? You know, probably not. Let's be the honest. fact that we're even discussing this guy without really knowing that much about him. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can. I mean, I did actually. Um, Dan, who's usually on the podcast, he, he did a bit of research off the back of it, and I was kind of reading through it, and I kind of got to the end of everything, like all, all the guys' achievements, and, and I just thought, what am I doing here? Uh, no disrespect to you, Dan, if you're listening. Uh, thanks for, for, for the email. Uh, but I was, like, thinking, why are we talking about a suit? Why are we Why are we not talking about, you know, for me, for Tottenham to be in a position where I think it's working, we don't even discuss Daniel Levy. We do not discuss Daniel Levy. Like, we just, we're talking about the football. And that happened, again, I know it's boring, but it happened under Pochettino, accidentally or otherwise. And and I think when, when, you, when that siege mentality exists, nobody has, everyone backs off from the protesting and, and the, the politics. Even though it's, it's still festering, it's still there. We kind of know we'll have to go back to it, but we, we want to crack on with the football because that's the thing that gives us hope and belief and it makes us feel fucking excited and and chasing down a dream, you know, <laughs> trying to achieve something, trying to do something. Another, another 
adventure. There might be a misadventure, but it will be glorious because that's what Spurs do really well, regardless regardless of all the kind of depressive narratives and the misery and all the other things that we might exaggerate compared to other football clubs. Like we, we, we're, we're very privileged to be in a position where Tottenham chose us, right? Regardless of everything. It's just that we're, we're, we're now a little bit fed up that, you know, when are we going to have our day in the sunshine kind of thing? Like what, what do you, what do you, what is Spurs to you right now then? And what do you want from it all? Because if you're saying that even, even bringing back Pochettino, maybe let's say, it isn't enough for you because you know there's still this this problem within the club in just the way that we conduct business, and there's no evidence that they've learnt from mistakes, and there's this kind of rinse and repeat ethic that they just seem completely unaware of. Um, what are you then? You know, how do you position yourself as a football supporter and even as a content creator? Right? I mean, we're on we're, we're having a chat here. You know, for people that are like fucking podcasters, they're all a bunch of wankers, mate. Who do you think you are with your mic and your your voice and the rest of it? No, we're just football supporters. There there are, I I guarantee you, you go to Tottenham on a match day, there are thousands more people. There are thousands, I'm I'm even fucking up the articulation of this sentence to prove a point. There are a thousand more football supporters that are more articulate than me and more articulate and getting their point across and have better, more interesting things to say and better stories to tell. But these these people just go to the games. They don't want to recall. They're not, they're not content creators and the rest of it. What we do is, is great therapy for us, and thankfully there's a lot of people that buy into that as well. But how do... I mean, it's difficult between now and the end of the season to, to, get, to jump on one of these things and talk about Spurs because we know we're probably going to be talking about another about another kind of... Conte uh, masterclass, and I mean that sarcastically, because you know he's gone, but he, the, the, his spirit is still at the football club. So, what? Where, where are you at with it all in, in in terms of in terms of Spurs and what it means to you but, right now? The thing is, right, this is this is coming at a, a point when all this stuff feels heightened, it feels inflamed, and whatever. As soon as Spurs start playing well again and we're rallying behind a, a manager, that changes, right? So this whole sense of like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy anything again. Of course it will because, you know, if suddenly Spurs are... <sighs> it's... What... I to take this to, so to your question, what do I want from it? I want now to feel that, like you're talking about, this kind of painful rebuild. I want to feel that, like something is actually happening on that, right? I want to feel that we are starting to support a new Tottenham, not this kind of halfway thing that we have at the moment from Pochettino's old era to this new one. Yeah. You want to feel that you have a core there, a team that are invested in something, that they believe that something can be achieved here. And I guess, yeah, there probably are a few players around there who maybe just don't feel that anything can be achieved there, but they're happy. You know, I, I, I probably would have a few months ago been quite defensive of Eric Dyer, but just in my gut, this sort of talk of him getting a three-year contract extension. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? It just doesn't work for me. It's suddenly, <laughs> it's, it just feels like all this stuff that we're talking about, right? It feels like this hesitancy to let go of a player who is fine. He's good. He's versatile. He's probably well liked within the club, but is he honestly really? If is a new player going to Eric Dyer and he's buzzing and he's like, "Welcome to the team. We're going to achieve something amazing here." Do you know what I mean? Like, hmm. and I don't mean to just single him out. Maybe that's Lloris. Maybe that's even Harry Kane. But I don't think it's Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane fights for every single game, every single point. Really, even if he doesn't play that well all the time. I don't think you continue to score the amount of goals that he does playing for Spurs if you don't believe that you can achieve something there, right? Um, I'll probably say the same for Sonny as well. But I just reckon, you know, the players like that, players like Eric Dyer, players like Davinson Sanchez, it just feels like they're just probably just picking up a paycheck because they can play at a fairly good level Hmm. and that can be fine. I mean, this is where, this is perhaps, 
perhaps where the culture of comfort comfort does still actually persist. We're still a good because, team, right? Yeah. And players like Dyer is a good player. He is a good player. We 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 finish in and around this position. Eric, and this is the thing when people are like, "I oh, shit, he's shit. He's one of the worst defenders." He isn't though. Like he would probably go to any team outside of the top six and will look really good. Like when Johnny Evans left Manchester United and went on, and suddenly everyone was like, "Oh fucking hell, he's actually really good." But still, none of the big clubs actually really went and took a punt on him. Arsenal came very close, but didn't do it in the end. We kind of were flirting with it, but didn't do it in the end. And I feel that Eric Dyer will be that type of player. I, I always use Palace as an example, but you could see him playing at Palace and them loving him and him being like one of their yeah, main men. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. So I don't think he's a bad player. He's one of the players that still continues to get us into the top four. I guess this ties into as well the the, the fact that you know you, you go back to the whole happy with top four and it's kind of this this kind of lack of self awareness again or this sentiment within the club not to be ruthless and cutthroat um, and that doesn't just mean get you know getting rid of players for no reason the the reason here is that Spurs need to move on and it feels like there's there's too many things that kind of hold us back uh, sentiment or otherwise. Uh, but it's kind of led. It's it's still led by the managerial appointments and everything we've done since Pochettino left has has been to kind of stand still, and it's just an illusion of moving forward. But we 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 seem to have taken steps back. Yeah. Uh, what what a wonderful way to finish the podcast. I wanted to finish on a high. Well, actually, the podcast is is going to continue for uh, a little bit longer on Patreon. So if you're listening to this on uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever else. Um, we're going to say goodbye to you guys, uh, Jack. You can actually do a proper plug because I had it in my running order to do the plug at the beginning of the pod. So hopefully people are still listening. I don't think we've been that miserable uh, today, but um, tell them a little bit about that. Rule the the roast. Is it is it a cooking podcast? <laughs> well, that that probably be more enjoyable actually. But rule the roast is actually it sounds like there's potential there for like a Spurs roast, like a stand. Actually, fuck it, they do that to us every weekend. So let's move exactly, on. No, we well, rule the roast. You, you can listen. I do a studio show each each week. I call it a studio show. I've been called pretentious for that. It probably is. But that's when I talk to another guest. And then after each game, I do like a little solo pod, um, usually half hour or so. That would just be me reacting to everything that's going on on the game. Um, and I've recently, I've recently started doing some paywall stuff as well, which is pretty. Ooh, whatever. people are gonna hate that, mate. I, I always get those. cheeky little comments about that. Like, can I just say when when I've been writing for free about Tottenham for fifteen years, and there's a there's a, re- there's a really famous uh, rant. I forget the guy's name about how you should not give anything away for for, for nothing. And he's talking about writers specifically, like saying that sitting down to write something and craft something is 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 a is a piece of it's it's work, right? Um, it's not it's an endeavor. It might come naturally to some people, but it's still you're putting time into that and sharing it for nothing. They were like, "Don't do that." Um, but yeah, I mean, it just allows us to to crack on with it and to do more. Hopefully, so there's nothing wrong with paywalls. Probably cheaper than a nice ice cold uh, neck oil uh, at the Tottenham Stadium, um, but let's end. end then let's let, let let me end this waffling on the normal podcast. Um, you can say goodbye to everyone, actually, Jack, if you want. Bye bye. <laughs>